RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. More former Apple Daily staff are arrested on national security charges. At least 25 people are now dead in flooding in Henan province. And two students are hit with lengthy jail sentences for rioting at the Chinese University in 2019. RTHK understands that four former Apple Daily executives will appear in West Kowloon Court tomorrow on charges of collusion with foreign forces. Joanne Wong has more. It's understood the former executive chief editor of the defunct pro-democracy newspaper, Lam Man Chong, was the first to be arrested. Later, police revoked the bail of publisher Chan Poi Man and editorial writer Feng Wai Kong. Police said the arrests were for collusion with a foreign country or with external elements to endanger national security. It's understood that another journalist, Yang Cheng Kei, also had his bail revoked. He wrote under the pen name Li Ping. The four were questioned at separate police stations. The arrests were over articles allegedly calling for sanctions against Hong Kong and state officials. The newspaper closed last month, citing a lack of funds after an asset freeze. Two senior Apple Daily executives were earlier charged with conspiracy to collude with foreign forces, as was founder Jimmy Lai. The Journalists' Association again called for the government to clarify what is deemed illegal under the security law. Association head Ronson Chan says he's concerned more journalists will face arrest, a situation he called white terror. The citizen can see that the prosecution against the Apple Daily staff is continuing. There's no signs to stop. You can see that even you get a bail from police for a moment, but you still have to be arrested again. So you can see the white terror atmosphere is clearly over the head of the post-Apple Daily staff. The Security Secretary, Chris Tang, rejected the white terror claim. Everyone, disregard of his profession, as long as he's committing an offence, we have the obligation to arrest them and prosecute them if there's evidence. Mainland officials say they've averted the danger of a dam collapsing in the flooded province of Henan. Soldiers used explosives to blast openings, allowing water to escape from behind Yehetan Dam near the city of Luoyang. The number of people officially confirmed dead from the flooding across Henan has risen to 25. Many died after being trapped on subway trains in the provincial capital, Zhengzhou. Junaid Wahid is an international student at the city's university. The rain started like day before yesterday night and it lasted around 24 hours. There is a lot of lot of flood and waters here. But right now, it's all uh, like scattered and the roads are actually, the water is disappeared from roads. But in the downtown, it's still going on. The rescue operation is going on. The district court has jailed two students for up to four years and six months after convicting them of rioting at the Chinese University in 2019. Wendy Wong reports. The court ruled that 20-year-old Cheng Chun-ho and Tang Hei-man, who's 25, were among a group of about 100 people who breached the peace by throwing bricks and petrol bombs at the police at a bridge outside the university campus on November 12 in 2019. The two were also found guilty of breaching the mask ban that was in place at the time. Judge Clement Lee said Cheng received a heavier sentence because evidence showed that he had directly launched attacks at the police. Tang received a sentence of three years and nine months. While another student who was cleared of rioting, 23-year-old Cheng Hei Hang, was jailed for two months for breaching the mask ban. 
The Home Affairs Secretary, Casper Choi, says officials will start work this month on the process for district councillors to swear loyalty oaths. There have been reports that the administration will this week send letters to district councillors who will be disqualified, while those invited to take the oath will be notified at the end of the month. Reports also say an oath-taking ceremony is expected to be held early next month. Here's Mr Choi. Uh, we'll try to get the process started uh, within this month. Uh, so uh, well, today we, we have nothing new to announce, uh, but uh, in due course we will uh, give out the details. The weather mainly cloudy with a few showers, isolated thunderstorms at first, sunny periods during the day tomorrow. Temperatures between 27 and 32 degrees, moderate easterly winds becoming light winds tomorrow. And this is going to remain very hot and hazy with the odd shower in the next couple of days. The temperature now is 28 degrees, humidity 91%. You're tuned to RTHK, the time is 5 minutes past 11. Leading microbiologist Hopak Leung has urged the authorities to stop exempting foreign consular officers from quarantine if they've come back from high-risk places for COVID-19. He made the call after the son and daughter of the Saudi Arabian Consul General reportedly tested preliminary positive while they were self-isolating at home. Damon Pang reports. Dr Ho from the University of Hong Kong said it's hard to ensure those who observe self-isolation at home don't come into contact with their neighbours. The virus can spread among consular officials. Even if you are the president or the prime minister, if you come from high-risk places, you can get infected, he said on an RTHK program. Dr Ho noted that local and overseas experience shows home isolation is not a useful way to lower the risk of COVID spreading into the community. The microbiologist said since the pandemic is still raging globally, he believes consular officials will understand if local authorities decided to adopt more stringent quarantine measures. He also warned against further shortening the quarantine period for fully inoculated travellers. After a man who arrived from France tested positive for the coronavirus, even though he had taken two doses of the BioNTech vaccine in April, the expert said he expects to see more infected arrivals who are fully vaccinated. But he said it's too early to discuss whether to provide booster shots for inoculated people, as many in Hong Kong still haven't received a single shot yet. The cases of the two Saudi youngsters have since been confirmed. They're among five imported COVID infections reported by health authorities today. Violet Wong with that story. The Department of Health says the siblings, an 11-year-old boy and 13-year-old girl, are relatives of a Saudi Arabian official in Hong Kong. The pair had been undergoing self-isolation at home as they are exempted from having to quarantine at a designated quarantine hotel. The Centre for Health Protection says the girl was found to carry the L452R mutant strain. The other confirmed cases were three women aged between 27 and 36 who flew in from Bangladesh, Cambodia and the United Arab Emirates. The CHP says the woman from Bangladesh was also found to be carrying the L452R mutant strain and test results on the other patients are still pending. There were fewer than five preliminary positive cases. Hong Kong has recorded 11,970 confirmed cases since the outbreak of the coronavirus pandemic. A company manager has been jailed for three years and nine months for rioting and assaulting a police officer with a mooncake tin in 2019. Francis Set reports.
During the seven-minute riot two years ago, Lao Yunling, who's 47, was also seen throwing an umbrella inside Sha Tin MTR station, although it didn't hit anyone. The district court heard that chaos broke out at the station on the night of September the 7th, 2019, when a police officer moved to arrest a protester who was shining a torch at him. The protesters struggled, tried to escape and bit the officer's forearm. Around 50 other protesters approached and threw objects towards the pair to try to prevent the arrest. When the policemen attempted to pull the protester into the station's control room, Lao threw a mooncake tin which hit the officer on the back of the head. Event planner Tse Ka-lun, who's 44, tried to block the control room's door with an umbrella. He was also found guilty of rioting and sentenced to three years and eight months in prison. In sentencing, Judge Anthony Kwok conceded that the riot didn't last long, wasn't as bad as other disturbances that took place around the same time, and that no police officer was seriously injured. But he said deterrent sentences were needed, being as the clashes happened in an MTR station, and because the protesters had charged crazily towards the control room. The court will not tolerate violence targeting the police, he said. The judge acknowledged that the events came amid social discontent stemming from the government's ill-fated extradition bill, but said the court should not and will not consider political factors, and the defendants must shoulder responsibility for their actions. The protester who Lao and Zhe had attempted to rescue, Li Chen Lam, was given a one-year jail term after he was convicted of resisting arrest and possessing offensive weapons, namely two laser pointers. The judge said Lee, who's 29, had initiated the incident in question, and he must have known that his resistance would cause protesters to lose their self-control. Seven candidates have scored the highest grades in this year's university entrance exams, with one of them coming from a secondary school in Tianmen rather than one of the city's elite institutions. RTHK asked them how they overcame challenges brought by COVID and what their aspirations are. Here's Violet Wong with more details. Ian Chil said he was surprised to have become the first student at Polankirk Tang Yuktin College in Tumun to get the highest grade in all seven subjects he took part in in the Diploma of Secondary Education or DSE exams. He told reporters that he didn't attend private tutorial classes because he felt that his school was providing enough support even during extended periods of online classes amid COVID outbreaks. Some teachers made videos or arranged extra Zoom classes for us, and I and some classmates would use online meetings to do revision together to help and encourage each other, he said. But he said he did not devote all his time to schoolwork, saying he enjoyed extracurricular activities like dancing and English debate. The student said he wants to study quantitative finance at the University of Hong Kong because he likes maths and economics. Another top scorer, Serena Yu of St. Mary's Canosian College, meanwhile said it took a lot of self-discipline to learn from home amid the pandemic. To perform well in the exam, there must be some pressure. This is especially important during the pandemic because online learning requires much self-restraint. I have learned how to use my time well during the pandemic, she said. Serena says she plans to study medicine at university. Other top scorers include students from St. Stephen's Girls College, Queen Elizabeth School and Diocesan Girls School. Overseas, the Prime Minister of Hungary, Viktor Orban, has announced a referendum on a controversial law that stops teachers talking about homosexuality or gender change with their pupils.
Mr Orban said the European Union had attacked the law, which he characterised as a ban on sexual propaganda in schools, kindergartens, on television or in adverts. He called on Hungarians to back it. When the pressure on Hungary is so strong, only the people's common will can protect the country. I ask you to say no with us together to these questions, just like we said no five years ago when Brussels wanted to force migrants into Hungary. Then a referendum and the people's common will stopped Brussels. We have succeeded once and we will succeed again. The UN cultural organisation UNESCO has stripped the historic waterfront of the English city of Liverpool of its World Heritage status. It's only the third time that the designation has been withdrawn since the first sites were listed in 1978. A committee report last month complained about property development in Liverpool. A local councillor, Sarah Doyle, says UNESCO made its decision based on inadequate information. We are really disappointed and I think more so we're extremely frustrated with UNESCO. The last time UNESCO came to the city was 10 years ago. A city changes a lot in one year. Any city changes a huge amount in 10 years, in a decade. We wanted UNESCO to come to the city to see the huge amounts of investment that we have put into heritage. We wanted them to see the plans in detail. Sport now, the Milwaukee Bucks are the new NBA champions. Giannis Antetokounmpo poured in 50 points in Game 6 of the finals, giving them a 105-98 win and the Bucks' first title since 1971. That capped an incredible story for the man born in Greece to Nigerian parents. I hope I give people around the world, from Africa, from Europe, give them hope, you know, that it can be done. It can be done. Eight and a half years ago, before I came to the league, I didn't know where my next move would come from. You know, my mom was selling stuff in the street. And now I'm here, sitting in the top of the top. Brisbane in Australia has been confirmed as the host city of the 2032 Olympic and Paralympic Games. The decision was ratified at a meeting in Tokyo and announced by the head of the AOC, Thomas Bach. The Games of the 35th Olympiad are awarded to Brisbane, Australia. The BBC's Alex Capstick has details. It was a one-bid race, but Brisbane took no chances. The big guns were wheeled out for the final pitch. Australia's Prime Minister Scott Morrison joined the IOC's members via video link from Canberra. Despite the absence of any competition, a vote was taken. With much of the infrastructure already in place in a region well known for its passion for sport, the result was a formality. It followed a new selection process. Previous multi-city bidding wars have been ditched, replaced by a low-profile, cheaper system in which a small group of IOC experts recommend a preferred candidate. A reminder of our top stories tonight, more former Apple Daily staff are arrested on national security charges, at least 25 people are now dead in flooding in Henan province, and two students are out with lengthy jail sentences for rioting at the Chinese University in 2019. The news from RGHK.
best to say that he probably wasn't the best singer in the world but he certainly had a lot of enthusiasm captain sensible putting south pacific back into the charts and rogers and hammerstein with uh, happy talk brings the time to 18 past 11 if you'd like to be in touch by the way radio pete at gmail if you'd like a song maybe got an anecdote to share with us instead of me telling stories all the time it'd be nice to hear from me phil got your email getting into that one about two songs from now first though here's melanie well, you know that I'm not a gambler, but I've been gambled on. They put in a nickel and I sing a little song. Da 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 They put in a nickel and I sing. They're lucky, but it seems like they always win. 